If you've ever got a student to do something by calling it a game, you might be a teacher. Being a teacher sometimes means finding ways around limitations, problems, or struggles to keep things on track. We learn to improvise and adapt. But when it comes to teaching language arts in our school, we don't have to find workarounds. Loyola Press took the long view when they created Voyages in English, the brilliant K-8 language arts program. The fundamentals of grammar and writing that students learn enable them to become effective writers, which can help improve performance on standardized tests and grow into successful communicators. The flexible framework of Voyages in English is adaptable to any teaching style and any student's abilities. With practice, the mechanics build in complexity over time. It just all works together. Visit voyagesinenglish.com to learn more, then order a sample. With Voyages in English, there are no crazy workarounds, just solid help for today's language arts teachers. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Colleen and I'm here with Jill and we are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Hey, Jill. Hi, how's it going? doing well. Good, good, good. I am curious if you have ever um, done anything where you failed publicly. I get, okay, Colleen, I get nervous every time you're about to ask a question. Like I get sweaty and then you say things like this and expect me to share them with everybody. Um, have I failed publicly right now when I can't come up with an answer? Very public, Colleen. Um, you know, I don't know. Not I, honestly, nothing. Oh, oh, I'll go back to sports. So I grew up figure skating okay. as a figure yep. skater. And I hated mm-hmm. competing. Okay. I hated all those eyes on me because figure skating is a solo sport. So you're out there by yourself with everybody watching yep. you. So when you go out to compete, it is it is lonely out there on that ice. I loved practice. I loved pushing yeah. myself. I did not like competing. And I always underperformed. And so very public and never <sighs> placed well. I mean, not never, but always felt disappointed in how I did compared to my peers. And... It was good for me, but it was also, um, it was hard to do every time. But, you know, I would be, it's expensive and I was, you know, traveling. So I was bringing my family. We'd stay in a hotel. I would have to compete somewhere else. And then I wouldn't do well and I would feel bad about it. Yes. Okay. So, and that's kind of what I was wondering. It's like, did you... Did you grow up in that, you know, kind of healthy culture where like it was okay to fail and it's a growth experience or was perfectionism kind of part of that worldview? And it, and it feels like perfectionism is, is uh, something well, that you... I think I did that to myself. I think my parents were just so glad and they okay. didn't really care. I mean, I think they just were supportive, good parents, but I yeah. am a perfectionist and you might be too, Colleen. So mm. I think it was more, I would put the pressure yeah, on myself I mean, to do well every time and I disappoint myself probably more than I yeah. disappointed them ever. Definitely. You're definitely harder on yourself than, than I think other people are on you. So yeah, I I could definitely see that, but, but I'm with you. I I hate making mistakes publicly. I was, uh, I was always a performer. So musician Mm -hmm. from the age of seven. So always a public performer. I was a basketball player. I'm a public speaker. I write to publish things like you do. So there is an expectation in some things of really hitting that mark. And, you know, there's some element of perfection in some of these activities, but um, I got to tell you, I was I was giving a talk recently on how to teach courage and resilience to kids. 
And part of the story, and, it, and part of that is modeling it as adults. And so part of the story was about my 17-year-old son who is a rocket scientist. And I described how failure is actually mm-hmm. part of his growth and improvement process. And so that that flexible thinking and using failure for growth is crucial in the areas, in all areas of science. But it's really important for everybody for lots of reasons, right? Wait, let me say, you know who's bad at this? Teachers. Like failing in public. Teachers are bad at this. Yes. <laughs> That's why we're talking about it here. But teachers do not love to share. Imagine if at a staff meeting, you're like, hey, um, raise your hand if you'd like to share something that you tried this week that really bombed. And then like, no teacher's going to be like, hey, I tried this lesson and it didn't work. Like, It's really hard to do that. Absolutely. It was terrible. Y'all should have seen it. No, of course, says no one ever, which is what kind of one of the reasons I was actually giving this talk on courage and risk taking and instruction, you know? So this today's idea comes from Isaac Forquer, and he's at St. Cecilia Catholic School in Beaverton, Oregon. And he, Jill, so yeah, I mean, you're typically trained teachers. We don't like to fail publicly. We don't like to fail in the classroom. He's a middle school science teacher, but his background is that he has no formal training as a middle school Mm. teacher. So he was a scientist. He was a lecturer at Portland State in biochemistry and biophysics. He spent years as a as a drug developer. <laughs> so he was in the field uh, doing science for, for all these years. So he says that he lived learning mm, through failure. Love that. And so, yes, yes. So he is kind of obsessed with helping his students learn this way of thinking. So he said that he has a mantra with them. And every day when they come into the classroom, and this is um, this is seventh and eighth graders that he works with. So do I expect perfection? And they all have to respond no. And he says, do I expect your best effort? And they all have to respond yes. It's like a callback. So back to our episode on callbacks. There's his. I love that. I really like it. So, okay. So what he wrote to me about was a rocket project. So at the end of the school year, you know how eighth graders usually leave about a week before the rest of the school because they graduate sure. and then you're there with sure. your seventh graders. So he said for the last week of school, he and the middle school math teacher get together and they do this um, seventh grade rocket project. And yeah, so they um, teach a couple of lessons um, it, of, uh, you know, like thrust versus gravity and, and a few other like aerodynamic topics. And then they kind of, you know, set, set the kids loose. They assign them to teams and roles within the teams. But the goal is to build a rocket. So um, they expect the students at the, the launch, which is a very public launch. And this is why I asked you about, you know, how you feel when you do things publicly, if it doesn't go well, all of the students go out and um, they have to launch their rocket in front of the whole school. Yeah. And I can tell you from, you know, being with, with my own son who does this every summer um, and launches off a rocket in front of, you know, a group of about, you know, 20 to 30 of us uh, every summer. um, We don't know when he goes to do the launch, if it's going to go or not. So it's, you know, it's, it's exciting, but um, for him, I, I don't know, like he's disappointed if it doesn't go, but he also, it's a, it is a learning moment for him. So how can we do this better in school? This is so important. Resilience and flexibility. I am flashing back to my eighth, seventh and eighth grade experience. And I, this is the what not to do. I thought about this a lot as a teacher, but it's the opposite. (laughs) 
So we would get our papers back in English in English class. And regardless of what the grade was, we had to then read the paper aloud to the class. So my best friend completely failed a paper. She still has it today. I mean, she's also a doctoral student, brilliant, brilliant best friend of mine. But she she wrote Mm -hmm. a really terrible paper and she saw the failing grade and still had to read the paper out loud to the class. And why would you do that to kids? Like, that's not celebrating failure. That's putting everything in the wrong order. So how... How do we position mm-hmm. our classrooms? Because this is much easier when you go and do something public in a sport or whatever. You just, as a parent, you're like, hey, but did you have fun? Like you kind of, you can position things correctly. Yeah. But then in the classroom, how yep. do we do this with grades and classroom activities and not the, okay, big moment outside with the rocket, but in the day-to-day regular unit of study, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you let kids fail? Like, are they learning if they're if they're not failing? Like they're kind of not. So how do you let them try things, yeah. do new things? Um, again, my background is grammar research and there's a lot to this. Like if you don't try new grammar, you won't actually master it. But if you mark every semicolon incorrectly, kids stop using semicolons. But you have to try semicolons yes. or else you'll never figure out where to put them. So do you, we want kids to try stuff that they don't understand or do we just want them to stay safe in all their decisions that they make to get the points? So it's really, no, really interesting no, how it doesn't all match up. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You know, there was one time when I was teaching, um, I don't remember, it was probably eighth grade writing and I had the kids, I wanted them to all write the best paper they could possibly write. And so they only, they only wrote one paragraph at a time and they could only go forward once their paragraph passed the test. But okay, that's just an idea from English, but that's ah, the bell, Joel. So that's what happens. <laughs> it's fine. Everyone fail forward. That was the message. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes. And it, and it can be really fun. So, okay. So thank you for the energy boost as we really do love exploring these ideas and affirming the efforts of all of you out in the field. Keep the suggestions coming in and tune into our next episode as we talk about more great ideas from fellow teachers. We will see you next time. <laughs>